1: Minus 20 seconds
2: 10 9
0: 8
2: 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 zero. Own it, own it, own it, Kong. I own it. It did.
1: Women's Wrestling Talk. The number one women's wrestling show on the planet. wrestling talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet all right folks welcome to women's wrestling talk the number one women's wrestling show on the planet my name is tk trinidad you are uh watching wwt live and i'm gonna start off with this fun fact because this is the world we're living in beyonce has lost her official badge since she refused to pay eight dollars on twitter welcome to 2022 going in 2023 <laughs> i can't even make this up um I'm not alone. (laughs) (laughs) It just popped up on my phone. I'm like, this is (laughs) what? Yeah, I
0: I tell you, welcome to 2022.
1: 2022. We we should just start the year now. Like, this is what it feels like.
0: I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, you had the midterm election yesterday, which a lot of people have lots of. And I'm in Atlanta and we've got the runoff that's gonna happen December 6th, which is a whole nother thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah crazy times. Yeah. Crazy, yeah, crazy yeah. times. But
1: and speaking of crazy. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. oh gosh. Kane right.
1: McCoy. Kane yes. McCoy. You know, I you know I, I like to share share on this show, and so you know I I am I am one that I want everybody to get money, and for folks mm-hmm. who are not out there, and you know LinkedIn is not paying me for this 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 pseudo ad. LinkedIn, I suggest anybody who's about their career get LinkedIn Premium. I had told Mr. McCoy, look at this resume, you know workshop. They'll take you through and it'll take your resume to the next level. Kane McCoy thus said, I looked at it. I got it. I'm like, all right, bet, send me a resume. Why does the resume not look like anything from that course? Um, you know what? I mean, I know we're gonna we're gonna have plenty, we're gonna have plenty of these, but Kane heal of the
2: Day <laughs> Yes! <laughs> Well, the hill that I'm going to die on is the fact that I just didn't want to plagiarize. That's all. So I decided to put my own unique spin on it. I watched it. I agreed with it. And I took little notes here and there and put it here and there. And, you know, I mean, the whole idea of a resume is silly anyway. A resume doesn't even know what it wants to be. Is it resume? Is it resume? I'm just going to resume and live my best life. That's what I'm going to do. So check that
1: result.
2: Wow. We're, we're saying, you know, listen. Wow, if it that's doesn't a- work out with you know talking about wrestling or working in radio, I can always just run for senator of Georgia. So that's
0: what really? really? I,
2: just, I everybody else is doing it. I just figured, you know, if if I. I talk crazy enough that I can swing the ticket my way as a third, you know. I,
1: yeah,
2: I, I mean, you know.
1: this is not a political show, but, I mean, yeah. that's.
2: Oh, I got something political. <laughs> Booker T should have went over Triple H at WrestleMania. Oh, That's cool. the platform I'm, I'm running on right there. Wow. Hooker oh, T should have went over Triple H at WrestleMania. That's going to do very well with the polls and the readers and whatnot. WrestleMania 19, we're going to fix that. I'm telling you. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, shout out to Ron in the chat. Shout out to Black Fist mm. in the chat. And we are going to go to our first segment.
0: The top rope. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: <laughs> what do What do we have? <laughs>
0: This, you know, there are a couple of them that and I, I'm debating which way I want to go. Now, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to follow my gut on this one. So kind of the one of the super big stories today, which is just taken over Twitter. And I think it's cool. You know, there's this whole thing called the wrestling club, which mm-hmm. I think is just amazing. Right. You've got these kids in school. And I believe the gentleman's name is Victor Perry, who yeah. is um, he's a teacher in a school in New York City who has really taken his class to school on all things pro wrestling. You know, it was a big deal. They had a GoFundMe to actually get them money to go to WrestleMania. He literally teaches them and allows them to watch different matches. He recommends it. They've had wrestlers come to the school, et cetera, et cetera. Well, somehow today, the wrestling club ends up in a Twitter war with NXT, NXT superstar Grayson Waller, Grayson Waller starts by telling the, you know, saying that these kids are horrible. I, got, I oh, got the video. I'll pull it up. Please watch, watch this. This is this is great. Your faces. This is a personal message to the uh, the wrestling club. I just want to let each and every one of you know that you absolutely suck. People are say that I got cooked. We need to be realistic with these
2: kids, okay? It was mediocre at best. You're going to end up working at McDonald's anyway, so let's start telling them the truth now. That's you, a teacher, the perfect example of the American education system. Spend this time trying to get over on Twitter rather than actually educating these kids. And I just want each and every one of you to know that I have no problem turning up to this wrestling club and
0: saying this to each and every one of your faces because that's the Grayson Waller effect. Hashtag... Your club sucks. (laughs) Yeah, and and the kids all had promos for him. They literally all cut. I will pull that up too. Yeah, yeah, you you gotta see this because this is this is special. This is very Uh, very special. Here we
1: go. Left a bit of crumbs. Yo, guys, did you guys see what Grayson Wallace said about our club?
2: You really thought you ate? You left a bit of crumbs. Now you got a 12 year old making you look dumb. First things first, our club doesn't suck. You're just mad because you're the one out of luck.
1: Dumping off a ladder like you're trying to be a trend, but we're number one. I know it's hard to comprehend. We don't even know you, and I'm sorry that's a fact. Maybe get some class, and then we'll watch you and react. Yo, guys, did you guys see what Gracie Waller said about our club?
0: I love this. I love this. I mean, you know, people have gone crazy about this on Twitter. And uh, its it's been awesome. It has been absolutely awesome. And so I like everything about this. And I'm sure at some point it's going to wind up with Grayson Waller showing up at their class. But this is a brilliant move by everybody involved. But, yeah, the new war, Grayson Waller versus the wrestling club. I love it.
2: I mean, I am so just excited about seeing this. And I want to commend Grayson Waller for being so great at being a piece of ish that he is willing to go on to Al Gore's internet, onto Elon Musk's Twitter, and say, (laughs) F them kids. (laughs) F them. I'm not even going to kind of maybe go out of kayfabe and be like, no, 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 no. Here's what it is. Here's what's going to be. I don't like you. I'm going to poop on the American education system. <laughs> Apparently, the Australian education system is great because they get their physical fitness in when they hop in their kangaroos to the schoolhouse every day. Grayson Waller, yeah. he benefited from him. Shouts to him. But remember, if you guys saw NXT last night, there was like this thing on the Grayson Waller effect, the ticker, that mm-hmm. kind of um, alluded to what's going on with the wrestling club, and I believe the wrestling club is actually the ones who, who started the beef, right? Those are the ones that kind of set it off. No. Grayson responded. Wrestling club said again with their promo, and now Grayson has responded again, and right now on the wrestling club's Twitter, if you check uh Victor Perry's, uh, Flower Perry's Twitter, you'll see that there's responses back and forth to Grayson Waller. I'm really excited. I cannot wait to see the yellow school bus pull up to the NXT parking lot, and all the kids come out, and there's a massive... NXT parking lot brawl between the wrestling club and Grayson Waller. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> Careful can I be taking shots at Aussie. You see the kinds. Yeah, I I mean it's very iconic and inspirational what they breed from Australia.
0: I I um I don't even know what to say. <sighs> wow, it's one of those one of, one
1: say. I I yeah, me me either. Here we are. What's next? Here, here we are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: here we are what's I, next well i mean we go from that to tony khan oh boy who, yeah tony uh, anything tony khan is like wow so tony khan did an interview with a radio station in boston and uh apparently he was asked the question does his father like to scissor <laughs> and has tony khan ever scissored his father shad khan And so he says, quote, I never have. That's fascinating. Now I have to. He goes on to say no one would appreciate it. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So he doesn't know what scissoring is. I'm that's that's what well he, he he must not know what the real scissoring is. He must be just referencing the you know the whole scissor thing that the acclaim does. But he goes on with this and he's like, no one would appreciate it more than him. He loves AEW and gets a kick out of the fan supporting it. Now, clearly, clearly, his dad must not know what scissoring is. But I'm just like This is what we're doing, Tony Khan, to get people to watch Dynamite? (laughs) Like, sir.
1: Well, for for those who don't know what scissoring is, I've looked up at the Urban Dictionary. Please do, um, because I don't
0: have the official definition.
1: uh, Tony Khan does look at our show. Um, So there he is. For those who are listening, when two females' vaginas grind together, such (laughs) as the art of making out, privates kissing each other. That is the definition of scissoring according to Urban Dictionary uh by anonymous dreamer april 17th 2018 so just uh yeah
2: but of course For my scissoring, it's just something that beats paper and unfortunately can't beat rock and something we enjoyed the right. claim doing. Look, you asking Shad Khan scissoring like that That imagery. First of all, the only thing he needs to scissor is Trevor Lawrence's contract for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Matter of fact, just scissor the entire franchise and send them to London because they suck really bad. Secondly, we're talking about Tony Khan and scissoring. I, I mean... Is this going to set up something? Will we see Tony Khan scissor on television? Will we see his dad, shot Khan, and Tony Khan's mother scissor on television? Will we see some type of scissoring involving right any now? of the superstars on AEW? Listen, WWE Raw gave us Edge and Lita. Okay, we got Edge and Lita. What if we got actual edging via scissoring?
0: Okay, mm-hmm. think about that. Mm-hmm.
2: Think about that. Mm-hmm. This could be a thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This could
2: be a thing. Maybe spice mm-hmm. up the Jade Cargill Nyla Rose Championship situation.
0: I, I, I mean, I, Kiara I,
2: Hogan's right there, by the way. Kiara Hogan's right there. So you already have it set for you. Wow.
0: Somehow wish I would um, skip that story. So,
1: yeah. Casey Shang, I don't want to see Tony. You should have cut it out. You should have scissored it out
2: the out the rundown. <laughs> yeah. And out then, the rundown. oh,
1: wait, let me before I read JD's because clearly he's yeah. on one today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and wow. then JD saying, "I don't know, TK. Do we have any visual aids to go mm. with the definition? I mean, probably, but that will probably get us kicked off of YouTube, and we need yeah. all the pennies that YouTube is currently giving us." So yes, um, wow. yeah,
0: yeah
2: um, um, you have to, um, uh, you, you have to subscribe mm. to our brand army. Um, no, I know that Tanil Dashwood, <laughs> aka Emma, just got rid of hers. So <laughs> if My you God. listen to me, like,
1: <laughs> it's only Wednesday. <laughs>
2: It's only oh, Wednesday. Wait, which is what? Which is what? Hump mm-hmm. Day.
0: Oh. Subscribe, oh.
2: subscribe. Just saying.
0: Yeah. Possible. Wow. Oh. Wow.
2: Oh. Salute okay. to the brand army and Veterans Day on Friday. Come on, we're army brand army. Subscribe to us. Wow. Make it happen.
1: Um. Yeah. All right. So we doing <laughs> we doing our new segment. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah Uh, yeah sure okay sure
1: Sure. we have a new uh, segment y'all
0: let's
2: do that wrestling facts yeah (laughs) hey yo run that back that's what i call bars funk master flex drop bombs (laughs) run that back real quick stage wrestling facts yeah! Oh, vintage God. wrestling facts the latest <laughs> segment here on wwt live we're going to talk about wrestling history give you some information some edutainment some education entertainment
0: things you didn't know all courtesy of the professor gerard bonner so with that said the year was 1997 and on this day in 1997 was the 11th annual survivor series Survivor series took place in montreal quebec canada uh the tagline for can you imagine them doing this now i don't know but the tagline <laughs> then was gang rules yeah that was that now Many people remember what happened at the end of this show, but very few remember what actually happened during the show. There were actually seven matches here on this card, which, by the way, fun fact, this is the earliest in the calendar that the Survivor Series has ever happened, being November 9th. Of course, it was once the Thanksgiving Day tradition, then the Thanksgiving Week tradition. This year, it's going back to being the Thanksgiving Week tradition, But then, in the Attitude Era, they shook a lot of things up. And so, we did have four traditional Survivor Series matches on this seven-match card. Yes, a pay-per-view from WWE was only seven matches that happened then. And uh, some interesting teams. So, you had the New Age Outlaws and the Godwins, which is Henry O. (laughs) Godwin and Phineas I, that made— Hog and Pig, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They defeated the that. Headbangers and the New Blackjacks, which most don't remember that team, but that was a team of Blackjack Barry Wyndham and another Blackjack that we now know as John Bradshaw Layfield. Yeah, pretty interesting. A couple of other teams you probably forgot, like the Truth Commission uh, defeated the Disciples of the Apocalypse (DOA). And then you had Team Canada, which was the British Bulldog, Jim Neidhart, Doug Furness. Doug Furness. Yeah, Ooh. they defeated Team USA, which was quite an interesting hodgepodge. <laughs> Vader, Goldust, Mark Marrow, and Steve Blackman. Weird team representing the USA, but a team nonetheless. And then the other Survivor Series match saw Ken Shamrock, Ahmed Johnson, and the Legion of Doom. Defeat the nation of domination. That was The Rock, Farouk, Kama Mustafa, and D'Lo Brown. There were actually three singles matches here, which included Kane defeating mankind. Now, here's a fact that is overlooked about this pay per view. Did you know that on this pay per view, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Owen Hart for the Intercontinental Championship? Probably didn't remember that. And it was Stone Cold's second and final intercontinental championship he would never win the ic title again after this night and that match strangely enough was only four minutes yeah. and three seconds interesting
2: but of that course was everybody a big was... payoff well, like, was... like after after uh austin got his neck broken all that that's
0: right if you remember mm-hmm. earlier that year austin got his neck broken at SummerSlam. Um, where he was, again, winning the Intercontinental title that he ultimately had to relinquish because he couldn't defend it because his neck was broken. But, of course, everybody remembers this Survivor Series for the main event, that, of course, being Bret the Hitman Hart and Stone not Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels. And, of course, those two battled for the WWE title. There were lots of rumors going around here, and you have to remember, putting all of this in context, 1997, the internet was still very, very new coming into the world of pro wrestling. And so we didn't know what was going on. There were rumors that Bret Hart was going to be leaving and heading to WCW. And of course, we now have heard the backstory many, many times that this was supposed to be Bret's last match. We didn't know how the title was going to come off of them. It was supposed to come off of them in some cool way. But, you know, all of the ways that they tried to work this out didn't work. Which ultimately led to the infamous Montreal screw job, where Shawn Michaels puts Bret Hart in the sharpshooter. And of course, the referee, Oral Heppner, rings the bell at Vince's command. Bret Hart loses the title. Shawn is like, oh my God, I don't know what happened. People start Mm -hmm. running away. Bret Hart, of course, spits just some nasty stuff, literally, at Vince McMahon. He writes the letters WCW does all sorts of crazy things, beats up the, you know, the ringside area, beats up Vince in the back. Vince comes on <laughs> the TV a week later with a black eye. And uh, thusly, the character Mr. McMahon mm-hmm. is born. So many credit the Montreal screw job that happened 25 years ago today as the ultimate turning point for the WWE. Because you got to remember, at this point, the NWO in WCW had been running roughshod for about 18 months. And so this was really kind of that one shot that uh, the WWE ended up having. They didn't intend on having this moment, but they had this moment. And all of a sudden, everything changed. I mean, WWE obviously became must-see TV. Brett was supposed to go to WCW. He goes to WCW three weeks later, and his career ends about two years later. uh, And a wasted run, many would say. Of course, at uh WCW, and then of course, WWE would ultimately go on to win the Monday Night War. All of that stemmed off of what happened this day 25 years ago at the Survivor Series Gang Rules, where there was the Monday or the, the Montreal screw job. I mean, G, you just took me back to a situation where I
2: remember. Where I was, what I was doing, my reaction to it. My older brother had internet. He had America online. And I remember there was this, like, wrestling chat room that I was Mm -hmm. in. Lots of ASL and IM messages, by the way, from – anyway – but uh in this wrestling <laughs> chatter room I was in it was like, hey, how's it going? Wanna to go to a wrestling event with me, little boy? Sure, I wanna go there. Anyway, but um no, nah, what? Anyway, it was a great time. I got lollipops and stuff. Anyway, but the rumor was that Bret Hart could possibly be leaving for WCW. And I was like, that is absolutely Impossible! He's the best there ever. Well, he is the best ever. Was the best ever. Will be the excellence of execution. He's Brett the Hitman Hart. He's not leaving for WCW. That doesn't make any sense at all. And we know during this time, Brett was fuego with his promos and his anti-American gimmick. I'm sick of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he was just really amazing with what he was doing. And to kind of see this happen, and, and the next day on Raw, Vince hits the. Brett screwed Brett. And it was like, first of all, I thought you were a commentator. Vince McMahon, what are you doing running the company? What, I, I thought Jack Tunney owned this company. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? I don't know anything about anything. And I mean, it's just one of the greatest things to ever happen in the history of professional wrestling. And 25 years ago today, I cannot believe it's been that long. TK Trinidad, you are our resident Canadian here. That mm-hmm. Monday after the Montreal screw job. Whereas like flags lowered at half staff, were kids out of school, nobody went to work. I mean, Bret Hart's a national hero here who got screwed in his home country. Uh,
1: well, I can't speak for all Canadians. Um it it's, uh, it's okay. It's, it's very there's there's a couple of things going on. Um, we do have Canadian fans who are wrestling, but also coming from a West Indian household, mm. we don't Care about that. (laughs) (laughs) It it was just kind of like, oh, okay. Um, So it it wasn't, that's why it's a little bit interesting for fans like yourself, not fans, but like the childhood. Like we watched it Mm as, I watched it as a child. The word is Mark, TK.
2: The word is Mark. Thank you.
1: Maybe that's what it is. Cause (laughs) like I appreciated I watched it as a child, but it didn't have an impact on my everyday because. Mm -hmm just coming from a West Indian household is like, look, we, my mom was like, we don't, you do you like, we don't yeah. care about what else, all these other people are making her, her famous line is that all these other people are making money mm. and they're not giving you any money. So you need to do you. And that's like oh. something that she told me as a child. So when stuff like that happens, it's kind of like, that's great. Um, and you remember it, but it does. It was not for my household and, you know, the area that I grew up in. It wasn't as, as much of an impact as yeah. how I'm seeing people talk about it and all this other stuff. So I'm sure there were other Canadians who felt that way, like, you know, more in the Midwest. But, you know, when you add that island component, it's not mm-hmm. as... You
2: know. Oh, so so. In other words, your parents kept you shielded from the riots that happened afterwards. Essentially, that's kind of what. or then when everyone just I burnt mean, down I guess, Canada, I... it was like
1: ah. <laughs> I guess, I guess you can say that. I guess you could say that. So yeah, that that was you know that was the thing. Because so, like
2: um, Quebec is here, right? Like Quebec is here. Ontario's here, I think, and then Alberta's like to the, to the Midwest, right? I guess with Calgary, I, this is my Canadian map that I'm doing. So like that's here, that's, yeah, this that's is Quebec, this is, this that's is Quebec. Quebec. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. this is Ontario, which is like next to it. I think Correct. And then like Alberta is like closer to British Columbia. Yeah, more so it's middle. like it's like right there, which is where Bret Hart is from Calgary, Alberta, Correct. Canada. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, I just remember that neck I remember that 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 day on the bus, like me and my homies talking about wrestling on the bus. And you know, I watched the pay per view. It was kind of like scrambled, you know what I mean? But it was like Oh, that you good watched scramble. like that. It uh, was that good scramble. Listen, scrambled pay per views to borrowing people's streaming accounts. I've you've been doing this consistent. all your life. I'm consistent. <laughs> there's one thing wow. I am. I'm consistent. I keep up with the times. Uh, Mm. But I remember seeing that and not knowing what's happening then afterwards. And then we saw the Wrestling with the Shadows documentary that came out a couple years later where, you know, Bret Hart is just beating everybody up in sight. His wife is there, you know, disappointed in Triple H. She was there. You see Shane. You see Davey Boy. Everyone's there. And, you know, years now, you know, people think that maybe this is the most elaborate work ever. If it is, you know kudos because it just seemed really super to me like super real to me it's still real to me damn it but it's just one of those things that is just ever going like it's it's become conspiracy theory levels of like what happened who known did like earl <laughs> hepner know did anyone on um, uh, open. i do i do and i'm smart enough to use a burner reddit account so you'll never find me uh good luck by the way if you can uh but <laughs> who do you think's posted him nah but uh yeah with earl Hebner, was he behind it did he know who knew what was going to go down and i mean it's, it's the most fascinating thing possibly in the history of professional wrestling top five most memorable wrestling angles and 25 years ago today y'all that's crazy
1: yeah i think anybody who brings it up whether they were alive at that time or not at their wrestling fans They at least know about it, which Mm -hmm. is the great. I mean, it's a catch twenty-two because at that time, as far as you know, it's not social media like it is now. wasn't like what it is then. Um, I didn't even exist at that time, so um, I don't think we're ever gonna have that type of historical event because it was kind of like Chinese whispers. If you didn't, you know, do what? Well, I don't. I don't. Whatever I didn't mean to whatever um that's a kenny telephone. omega
2: tag team that's a kenny omega tag team broken ability.
1: telephone so like if you weren't if you weren't there you would hear the stories they you weren't able mm-hmm. to do what kane did and somehow get the you know the the copy to watch it live on whatever website um you know you're just hearing some of us actually
0: paid for the pay-per-views yeah
1: so <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Right, big But big you do uh, too much gosh <laughs> that is our new segment Didge
2: wrestling facts, yeah! Absolutely, that was Uh, worth it. That was worth it. Which would lead
1: into our next segment, right?
0: Oh yeah, that's a good segment. mm -hmm. Hill of the
2: day. Oh man, oh man! Today's hill of the day, folks. Uh it's one of those situations where I believe this gentleman is having a little bit of revisionist history uh the road dog jesse james was on his oh you didn't know podcast and he discussed some things about the aforementioned brett the hitman hart uh he says that quote and you know they take sound pieces out of this and you know a little bit but i had to really read this and he really did say this he said quote i don't think brett hart was a great wrestler I think I, him being a road dog, was a better sports entertainer.
0: Oh, keep reading,
2: please. I, I, I mean, what? Uh, he says for me personally, And that's all you're ever going to get from me because that's all I get. It's only my reference point. I never saw what the big deal was with Bret Hart as a performer. I never understood it. He was a great worker, and I thought about saying good, but he was a great worker. He worked better than me tenfold, worked circles around me. Yeah, obviously. Don't ever think that I've told anybody I was a great wrestler because I haven't. And if you listen to my podcast, you know that's true. I don't think I was a good wrestler. I don't think Bret was a great wrestler. I think I was a better sports entertainer than Bret was, and I think that's where the money is whoa buddy um then he talks about survivor series of course so i always thought that he should have done business and done what was right like you know what the business with him events was but anyway you know what i mean but i never looked at him like if we lose this guy we lose the war I never thought that for one moment. Now I can understand people who were huge Bret Arts fan going, screw you, road dog, <laughs> me, you suck. Okay, screw me and I suck. Okay, like now what? We still get to my feelings, which is I never thought he was the great to begin with. So I wasn't that great of a loss when we lost for him, when we lost him for me personally. That's professionally, really, not personally, because I don't have any personal feelings about it one way or the other. I just didn't think we were sunk because he left. I thought we got a lot more to offer to that. I didn't think we were sunk. I thought now we could catch our breath and move forward. Look, the only reason why they didn't stink was Stone Cold Steve Austin and the uh, push he got to lead up to what was one of the greatest WrestleMania main events was Shawn Michaels. I know who wasn't the reason, uh, the Road Dogg Jesse James. I know who they wasn't checking for, the Road Dogg Jesse James. This is crack smoking, Road Dogg Jesse James. This is a lot of dog shit coming from the road dog. Let's just keep it 100 for this moment. There isn't a single universe in Rick and Morty's land that you will ever, ever put work. road dog Jesse James above the excellence of execution. The best there is, the best there was, the best ever will be Brett the Hitman heart. There isn't. Bret Hart was in WWE when it was just wrestling, WWF, And then he made the transition to be an amazing sports entertainment uh, entertainer. Bret Hart could wrestle. He could talk on a mic. He could do anything that you needed him to do. He did everything. And I'm just like, what type of revisionist history is this? You want to talk about sports entertainer? Road Dogg want to talk about what sports entertainer is. Okay, let's talk about it, Road Dogg. Because last time I checked, Road Dogg Jesse James Bret Hart didn't have multiple failed gimmicks and only got over once he got fake braid extensions. And after watching 1997 BET African-America, you know, vernacular, all of a sudden you get over like, that's not what Bret Hart did. You know, listen, road dog better call somebody else with this bullshit that he's spewing right now. Cause we not going to sit here. And have this revisionist history, my guy. And I love the road dog. This is James, shake, rattle, and roll. I'm woofing. But you can, other than him, like throwing Dusty, uh throwing Terry Funk off of a dumpster, off off the ramp, like pushing him off a dumpster. What can you name like a big road dog moment? A big situation? Name like a road dog classic match? You know what I'm saying? Like you got Hart Piper, you got Hart Flair, you got Hart Davy Boy, you got Hart Austin. And I'm and I'm sure I'm missing the tag team matches with him and demolition and him and the British bull. Like, come on, dog. Come on, fam. Let's let's not talk. You know who needs to up there, you know who you know who needs to update their LinkedIn resume? Not me, TJ, <laughs> but the road dog. Oh boy. that's who that's who needs to jump on LinkedIn and get their resume together. <laughs> this dude is tripping. And I like how all like of that. Allegedly, allegedly. I like how I like how we all had like the same reaction. They were like, "Yo, man, we respect your opinion, dog, but this is silly.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This is a, this is a silly situation for you to even fix your mouth and come out by Bret Hart like that." I don't see FTR having tribute matches for New Age Outlaws or Road Dog. They're doing it for Bret Hart. You know what I'm saying? I don't see CM Punk mimicking Road Dog Jesse James matches. Come on, man! Stop playing with me. Stop playing with Bret Hart, dog. That's all I'm saying. Before we put you on a sharpshooter. Wow. And Road Dog um, comes from a legendary family. I respect the Armstrong family and whatnot and everything that's out on. But better sports entertainer, man, I am highly entertained. Sports entertainer just doesn't mean promos. I'm highly entertained by a Bret Hart match, by a Bret Hart promo. He was taking glasses off and giving it to children in the audience. What type of amazing – how much more – what entertainment do you need? I marked out. I remember I saw Bret Hart at, at a house show, and I cried when the kid got glasses, and it wasn't me. I was like, it should have been me. I was like Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> it should have been me. I should have got the glasses. why my wear glasses. I wish – I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man. Until this day, if I ever met Bret Hart, I'm going to give him glasses to put on my face. What am I asked for? Road dog to do? Put thick braids in my hair? Anyway, Road dog Jesse James for talking that silliness. Oh, you didn't know? You better call somebody and figure out that Bret Hart is a better sports entertainer to you, my guy. You are the heel of the day. Hill of the day!
0: <laughs> what do you say after that? next next uh, i was i was <laughs> crying I next it? Story? Jeez. <laughs> wow well um okay yeah let's let's go to this story we, we've been talking about hearts <laughs> this is very interesting um so teddy Hart is a name that we don't talk a lot about um obviously he's got the heart last name an interesting relationship but Apparently, there is a new Teddy Hart documentary that is coming to, of all places, Peacock. It's called Dangerous Breed, Crime, Cons, Cats. So this documentary (laughs) includes 10 years of footage, and uh, it deals with a really intriguing issue. So you would think because it's Teddy Hart that it'd be wrestling, but it's really more so about uh, the intimate look at his life which involved scandal, mystery, and fame. So he's a controversial wrestler who happens to be a Persian cat breeder as well. Um, I I can't make this stuff up. And then on top of that, he's got some um, interesting things that have been going on with women. So apparently they've been trying to, to do this documentary on him. There's a Canadian filmmaker who spent 10 years trying to make a reality show about him. And he's got all this footage and then comes to find out that the women that he has been uh, dealing with, he being Teddy Hart, the women have footage as well. And so they have accusations of sexual misconduct and all these types of things. Um, So then Teddy has a protege and an ex-girlfriend named Samantha Fiddler. They go missing and uh, eventually this is going to lead to some sort of current day conversation. Now, this is what's interesting. The executive producers on this include Jason Bloom, Jeremy Gold, and a guy whose name we're very familiar with, Kevin Dunn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the series is actually produced by Pyramid Productions, Plebeian Pictures, Blumhouse Television, oh, and the WWE. It's coming to Peacock on Tuesday, November the 22nd. I didn't know WWE had anything to do with Teddy Hart. So this is going to be extremely interesting. What? I'm not making this up. This is a real, there's a trailer for it and everything. So, yeah, so I saw it and I knew it was on Peacock. And I
2: tried to stay away from Teddy Hart with anything just because, like, you, you know, Teddy Hart is is is... Who cares? You know what I mean. Like this, this dude is 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 something. You know what I mean. And no one can name a single thing about Teddy Hart when it comes to professional wrestling, other than him being just like a massive asshole, somebody who blew his, you know hand-picked road to success chance with wwe and we just know him from his legal troubles and that's it so when i saw it i was like oh, okay i guess this happens to be Aaron on peacock which is also Aaron. that casey anthony situation um or you know that they're going to do so i'm like okay peacock just must be Aaron, like trash all of a sudden just a rainbow <laughs> technical of trash so now to hear that this is like actually with wwe kind of like yo like what is this because like shorty's like missing
0: right like the, the that was kind of the whole thing so apparently they're going to catch up with him which should be equally interesting well is samantha filler going to be in the podcast would that be like i mean in 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 the in the documentary? my understanding she's supposed to be and i don't know if it's because of the footage that they already have of her but yeah yeah I, I have no words. This
1: this whole show has it's, been—it's outrageous, I, no, right? N- n- I've no, got some no bright worries. news though. Let's go to okay. some okay. bright news. Some let's good let's news. do that.
0: <laughs> Pat McAfee, the commentator that we have loved on SmackDown for a long time, he's taking a break. He's doing some things with college football. Well, today he and his wife have announced that they are expecting their first child. This is really exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what's also exciting is, you know, his wife, Samantha, has gone public about it. And uh, in the statement that she made, she mentioned uh, that they've had quite the journey to parenthood. They've lost two pregnancies. She also Mm -hmm. almost passed twice with internal bleeding, uh, resulting in losing both of her fallopian tubes. Are you kidding me? So she's not been able to conceive naturally. So they started this process of IVF which is in vitro fertilization. They started that back in July. It's been extremely demanding for them, but uh the good news for them is that they are indeed pregnant and they are expected to have their first child in May of 2023. That's so awesome. To Pat and Samantha McAfee. Definitely. Congratulations.
2: Congratulations. I cannot wait to uh, see the baby come out in a black tank top onesie with a gold chain, just like daddy. know. Uh, look at JD
1: and Kane. <laughs>
2: <laughs> who are you, Grayson Waller with the wrestling club? Now you're just booing kids. That's what's, what's wow. happening. Sheesh. Uh, goodness gracious, yeah, yeah, yeah. But out right. to Pat McAfee. I look forward to seeing like their kid at WrestleMania, like in the triple threat against like Seth Rollins' kid against like Cody Rhodes kid, I mean, wrestling babies, man. A lot of wrestling babies are kind of happening at the same time. Like I feel like we're like building the future of WWE or AEW or whatever company right in front of our eyes. So that's, that's pretty amazing, but really, really big congratulations to Pat McAfee and his wife. Yeah. It
1: it actually would be kind of interesting where each set of parents, how they decide to, um, because you're I mean, obviously, Professor, you could probably speak more to this because you're the only one who has kids. Um, like how where what direction you push your kids into. You mm-hmm. being wrestling a wrestler or in the industry, like it's it no matter what you do is hard. However you know, I know somebody, I know plenty of, you know, athlete parents, you know, they, they do CrossFit all the time. Now their kids are doing CrossFit or, you sure. know, they, they used to play football. Now the kid's playing, you know, um, football. So, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be interesting for certain parents who will either steer their kids away right. or push their kids towards it because that's just what they do. And so, yeah. I mean, you know, we have another, what, 10, 15 years, especially with the way wrestling is changing like Mm -hmm. it's no longer um, you know people are going to wrestling schools at 14 15 years old it's almost kind of like hockey and soccer in some sorts um, and baseball so you know we'll 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 see um but yeah i I think the scope of wrestling is going to change in the next Mm -hmm. 20 years so for sure what what we've seen versus what it will be um i don't think it's going to be as hard hitting um so and it mm. might be all mind games we're just going to be watching avatars.
0: <laughs> Who knows? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> wow. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. Who
1: knows. For sure. Um, for sure. Oh, JD saying my application for
2: heal is hey.
0: <laughs> not much. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I, I mean, send it to TK, you know, let her look at it on LinkedIn, and then um, she'll come on the show on Friday and absolutely crap on it. Not that I care (laughs) or anything, but,
0: you know. Wow. Look,
1: I want people to do better. I want everybody to do better. But if I tell you something specifically that has been successful for me, and then you say, yeah, I did that. And then I look at it and there's nothing on there that's remotely, <laughs> <laughs> remotely even similar to what Good I Lord. listened to and and, and put on mine. Then I'm like...
2: I think uh, this is clearly setting up for TK versus me in the <laughs> WWT Live Human Resources offices. We're going to have to, in, in the Human Resources Department. Oh yeah, we have that here. We have we have human oh, resources, yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. Um, hey guys. Oh, by the way, I saw this. By the way, speaking of children and kids, Ric Flair, he he, he had a lot of them. He had a lot of marriages and whatnot. <laughs> what? Uh, and what no, a no,
1: transition! No. I can't. Right. I, I'm literally, I'm throwing my pen across the room. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I That's,
2: am right. Done. I'm That's done. right. That's right. But, but yeah. That's right. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yes, that you see Ric Flair seen here throwing up the number of times he's been married. <laughs> uh it could be more than that actually uh, he says that uh he he was talking about possibly speaking about the plane ride from hell and quote he's gonna call out people big time for this so are you guys looking forward to even hearing about this or do you even think rick flair should just kind of like not talk about this anymore as we try to integrate him
0: back into wrestling society I think if Flair was smart, he would have just not said anything because, <laughs> yeah. the thing about, because the thing about news and the wrestling world is people's memories are relatively short. So the fact that people were, you know, like, for instance, we have enough to cook Ric Flair on, right? The whole idea that he might actually get back in a wrestling ring. Is enough for me. Right. But we've gone through this year. All of these things have happened. WWE welcomed him back into the fold by putting him back on the starting and things like that. So it's like, let sleeping dogs lie. What is it that you have Mm -hmm. to prove? I mean, yes, he lost some things with the car shield and Mm -hmm. a few other endorsements and things like that. But Right now, people are still looking at him as Ric Flair. He's got his uh, uh, his cannabis line. He's got his woo wings. He's got all of these other things, and nobody's talking about the plane ride from hell. I think he <laughs> needs to le- let sleeping dogs lie. Let this go, man. And just.
2: And didn't he just get forward. back in the Raw opening on Monday? He just got back like, in. Uh, so, yeah, like, like, like he just got back in, bro. You know what I mean? I and uh, I was just like... Wh- what 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 are you doing? You know, I like, what is I, I think it's
1: an age thing. He's at this age where I'm I'm sure we've all seen a version of it in our family or other other families on television where you can you can say whatever you want and it's almost like you can do no wrong because you're past that age of um, being reprimanded. Meaning that if if we were to go ahead and cancel Rick Ric Flair. Um, that, you know, not to sound morbid, but he's on the other side of life. So like, you know, another 20 years of Ric Flair is is not something we're going to, we're going to see. And um, I think, you know, there, there is a part that, I mean, it's just old people. That's just what they do. They say crazy things. They do crazy things. If they're able-bodied, like imagine if all the old people were able-bodied in this world. How much random stuff, the ones who drive, the ones who, like, how how much random stuff they do. So it just so happens that Ric Flair has a name. He's older, and he has a little bit of money, and then he has, you know, possibly yes people.
2: And and I can understand that, TK, of people trying to, like, not want to fade from obscurity, whatever. But you're Ric Flair, my guy. Like, your legacy has been set for at least 20. I mean, WCW has been gone for 21 years. And your legacy, even if you did nothing after WCW, will still be intact. You know, yeah. so I'm just, I'm, I'm just worried that he does these things to so people don't forget about him. But y- y- you are unforgettable, sir. Nat King Cole, you are unforgettable. That, that's what you are, man. So, so let's just, let's just enjoy these years. We don't want to see you back in the wrestling ring. I mean, although him and Hogan one last time, just for. You know Hogan's name won't let that happen.
0: Hogan is it'll,
2: it'll be a Matt based Oh, he's in the box? He's in the box.
1: I mean, Ric Flair is in the box, and we constantly take him out. And Tony Kong is also in the box, and we constantly take him out too. Hogan, he I think Hogan his is out. just in, yeah. Wow! Wow! I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, Professor-
0: I may have earned one on that. one. I may have earned one on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take that one. I'll take that one. Yeah. I'll um,
1: one. but yeah, I feel like Ric Flair is just in that position where I mean, if he didn't get canceled from telling the story the first time the story coming out the likelihood of him getting canceled now is very slim unless there is a group of um you know social justice warriors that are going to take it to task and you know go ham on it but we have a lot more and and nothing against the people who were victims of that incident but there's a lot more happening in the world that um you know people are taking care of Um, But, you know, anything is possible. And then also to speak to you with uh, Kane, as far as, you know, Ric Flair just kind of calming down. Imagine every year of your life, Kane, since you were, let's say you were 15, you have, you, you become this big superhero of types, right? And then you get to a point in your career where you can no longer necessarily do what you were doing when you were 25, but now you're in the rap songs, like you're known across generations. You're known, you know, as far as business wise and all this other stuff, like, are you going to be like, I'm going to go now and sail off to the sunset? Because if you were that type of person, you would have did that 15 years ago, but obviously he's not, he likes that high. It's a high. It's it, no matter what, it's that high that, that rush that people acknowledge you. You're in the papers, there's videos, people want to talk to you, all this other stuff. It's a it's a high, and not everybody can sustain it for that long. Yeah. I honestly think it's just Ric Flair and the Kardashians at this point. Um, and possibly <laughs> Betty White at, at one point, and then she kind of yeah. slowed down maybe about three, four years before she passed away. So yeah. it's not everybody who can successfully do that, and for some odd reason. He's managing to do that. Like, I think mm-hmm. he might have. And this is probably a fact that whoever's listening or watching um, can check. He probably surpassed the amount of time featured in rap songs. He probably surpassed Trump. Because at one point, Trump mm. had a lot. <laughs> so that right. might be, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, yeah. Who, yeah. who do you know? What other older white guy do you know that could pull up to whatever, like, Rap club, or not even mm-hmm. a rap club, but pull up to any type of hip hop venue and be welcomed like right. Ric, Flair Ric Flair would be welcomed.
0: Right? Yeah. Can
1: you right. name okay. anybody else, even beyond wrestling?
2: I mean, right. no one's saying, ro- I mean, I know it, it ain't the Road Dog, guess it, James. <laughs> ain't no song called Road Dog Drip. <sighs> I'm just saying. Holy i take dude.
1: Anybody want to read uh, JD's? Comment for a little yeah,
2: not watching. Yeah, hot take. We can, we can, uh, JD says, hot take. We can't completely ish on Flair for his misogyny on the plane ride from hell without holding WWE to accountable, too. We all watched the attitude era. We saw the environment, they were comfortable encouraging, not making excuses, but we have to hold everyone accountable then. And remember, this is post attitude era, this is ruthless aggression uh that 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 this took place, and a lot of heads did roll. We saw Mr. Perfect yeah. ending, uh yeah. was was fired for his situation, and like Scott Hall was in a situation, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. The, you know there was a situation going on. But the most egregious was what Flair did, and it ended up being shown in a cartoon. And well, and that's in a previous documentary, and it was kind of like oh, lol. So it was kind of like yeah, that's ESPN, the piece. Yeah, yeah that,
0: that's the piece that I want to mention is you know we did not we as the fans. Did not find the actual details out until Dark Side of the Ring. Because to Kane's point, it was on WWE Network on one of those cartoon deals where, you know, they were doing voiceovers, they were laughing about it. And so none of those details were chronicled in that. So, in as the 30 fans, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, as fans, there was no way to hold Ric Flair accountable because we didn't know. That those and we didn't know that, you know, the people that were fired were f- why they were fired. It was always just kind of this, you know, this this wild tale that was out there that nobody knew the details to until dark side of the ring. So, you know, so I, I it's it's that. And obviously, I mean, there were people who who would want to hold WWE accountable. And I I just think about what Jim Ross said on that dark side of the ring. He said, Well, we dropped the ball we should have held flair accountable but we didn't you know and so it's it's interesting again it's all the more reason why i think flair should be quiet about it at this point just because the public for the most part has moved on to other things and so to bring this back up may not bode well because again in this time frame what happened then seems absolutely horrible you know Mm -hmm. And it'll probably seem worse and it'll almost seem like he's trying to defend whatever behavior there is because more details keep coming out. I just say, let it go.
1: Yeah, it, it all it will take is for a group of individuals to really push the topic on a day daily mm-hmm. basis for sure a couple of weeks because our time span is, you know, our news span is 24 hours. So if they were going to go right. and go at it and then get also mainstream media in it, that then, that, then that's where the problem comes. Mm-hmm. However... Again, I, I call it the 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 OJ effect. If you got away the first time, uh,
0: stay away.
1: No, 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 but OJ didn't stay away though.
0: That's the problem. Just, that's the problem. So if
1: you got, but that's that's the, the, that's the psyche of any type of type type of human. You think of kids who you know their their parents tell them not to have the cookies. They manage they manage to get in the ki- kitchen, sneak and get some cookies, being undetected. They're gonna do it again. They're gonna they're not gonna be like, all right, well, I mean. Right. God bless I was I was able to do it this time. They're gonna do it again. That is human yeah. nature. No, no matter what. If you're able to steal from a bank, get the money, not get caught, go on vacation, do everything you want, and then do it again, and then not get caught. guaranteed you're gonna continue doing it. Because you won't get caught, but one day you will. So you're always gambling. So at the end, I understand where you're coming from. But again, when you reach a certain age and you haven't been reprimanded, like.
0: Next up is coming a book. If I did it.
1: Right. You can't expect somebody to say, well, now after all these years, I feel like I need to sit down because like, no, <laughs> it, 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 it's not, it's not part of, it's not part of the human psyche. It's not going to happen. Um, no, <laughs> wow. Well,
0: well, that, that that could be true too. There it is. Uh, There's somewhere I want to no go ever with that, but don't. Anywhere. I was going to, yeah. I was going to go somewhere yeah, too. We're My we're mind gonna,
1: went there, there too, there, but you, like, you know, yeah, what? Uh, you know it's, what? It's, 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 you know, <laughs> where uh we've had enough we just we, just we wrote, had enough we, we, but that actually kind of I was not gonna do this but I was that actually kind of leads us to this uh this um segment Lose or draw so do you think um after it has been it has been come out and like you were saying professor now that we know the details do you think it has affected his career meaning that he's gotten more Attention because it's such a crazy story, or it doesn't matter because Ric Flair is Ric Flair, or do you think he's lost a little bit of his luster? So it's a it's a loss.
0: Uh I'm gonna say a a draw now. Six months ago, I would have said a loss. Um, because when the episode came out, he lost a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Wwe just kind of wiped him out. You know, he had that Car Shield commercial that was coming on all the time. That went away. People really tried to distance themselves from Ric Flair. And there were others as well. Um, I think time has proven to just go, okay, they finally accepted Flair back. We know he did that. There's a few other things about Flair that we know that we're like, eh, I don't like that so much. Um, and so I say it's a draw because we now understand these things about Flair but yet we still look at him as one of the greatest of all time. And to your point, the hip-hop artists still are including him in songs. He's still in videos. All of these things are happening. So I would say it's a draw. Yeah, G, I agree with
2: you. It is a draw. It would have been a loss a couple months ago, but now you see him kind of making a return back, a a slow creep. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he obviously took some time off to – you know, Ric Flair took time off to take care of his child with Lacey Evans.
0: <laughs>
2: no, but it's a draw because he got back in the promo on on Monday. He's back in the intro, so let's leave it there and let's build it back up. And uh, 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 again, it, it it seems like that people again have short memories, and no one's forgetting about the victims per se. Uh, but I think people are looking at it like, OK, you know, Rick hasn't been criminally charged with anything. So it's how can we be mad at him type of situation? And the nostalgia just hits you and it shouldn't do that. You should be like, wow, this is true. This, this is what really happened. As everyone's saying it is, then we shouldn't commend him. But it seems like, you know, people just kind of move on. They hear about it. They, they make their own judgments for it. It seems like WWE has made theirs, and they're going to include him back with the company. So there we go.
1: And so we have Casey saying, a, I'd say it's a draw because it was definitely a terrible thing that, that he supposedly did. But it feels like he's untouchable in a way, which, you know. And, and the Jim fact Ross that budget. you said, uh, the fact that you said supposedly.
0: Allegedly, mm-hmm. allegedly.
1: Even though he's admitted to it, it's just got, that's that's the revisionist history. Right. Um, do you want to finish you off with that last story, Kane, or are we good? What, what, what would you like to do?
0: Well, I mean, G, how you feel about it? Uh, I mean, it's a great story. Maybe we start the show with that story next time. Friday. Awful okay. lot happened here tonight.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, we do that also. But before we the professor's go, Professor's tired. He's like, I, uh, I yeah, I
0: can't do that. no, but like, <laughs> but I mean, it's a great story, though. I mean, maybe we ended on a great note. Should we do that? Maybe we do that. Yeah, let's uh, uh, bust it. Bust let's, let's, yeah, let's uh, it. Let's. Uh, we'll end it on a great note, and uh, we kind of started talking about this a little bit, but the WWE uh, has really put some stakes in the ground when it comes to Africa. Uh, Of course, we announced last week that they've got a partnership with a a great network there to be able to bring uh, premium live events, Raw, SmackDown, all sorts of things to South Africa. Well, now they are doing tryouts in Africa that actually started this week. Apollo Crews was there um, to handle some of these tryouts, which is pretty awesome. And uh, some pretty, pretty dope things are happening there. So apparently uh, they've been doing some tryouts in Ghana. So that's been happening and uh, they're doing something that I think is neat. So I did not realize this. Africa does not really have an entry point for rest for people who aspire to become wrestlers to enter the business. Unlike the United States and, you know, maybe Japan, uh, Europe, Australia, there's not really an independent pro wrestling circuit in Africa. Mm. So the way that people get to pro wrestling from the continent of Africa is very hit and miss. There really is no formula. There is no pipeline. There is no path. So the WWE is really looking to create that path with this, these kinds of tryouts that are starting. Of course, they're in Ghana. They're looking to do some things in Nigeria and a few other places, South Africa. And then the people that they find in these tryouts, they ultimately want to be able to bring to other tryouts, particularly like the ones that are going to happen WrestleMania weekend um, and ultimately create a path for them. So this article that Bloomberg did obviously talks about the success of Kofi Kingston, the newfound success of Omos. But when you think about it, those are really the only two that you can talk about. That are successes from the continent of Africa. So, WWE is very interested in that. They aren't the only sports organization interested in that as well. The NBA is putting some roots there as well. The NFL mm-hmm. is putting roots there as well. So, Africa seems to be right now a prime space for sports and sports entertainment. So, the WWE is uh, looking to really make some permanent marks there on the continent of Africa
1: be interesting very though, because remember when Ginger Merhal, I know we were gonna, you know, according to you and JD bust it on a good note. Um, <laughs> but remember when Ginger like Ginger Mahal was champion and they had all mm-hmm. this stuff in India and then they had they were trained, like the, they had these Indian signees.
0: Sure. Where mm-hmm. are
1: they all now?
0: So some of them are in varying spaces. You see right now this well. I would say success, but Veer Mahan, Sangha, they're mm-hmm. right now on NXT. But some of the other folks who they had signed. There was a uh, woman have that been they released. Signed. Right. Yeah. D- Davida Kai, um, mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. been released. There's a few others that have been released. Ultimately, and I can respect this, ultimately, once they find these people for tryouts, the, the proof will be in the pudding. They will give all of these folks the opportunity to see can they do this or can they not? And if they can't, they ultimately are going to release them no matter where they came from. If they pick it up, then, you know, things move forward from there. So I do respect that. The question will ultimately be the people who try out, like any interview for a job, can you actually do the job? Exactly. And
2: uh, almost was there, too. You can see on their Twitters with Apollo mm-hmm. Crews and almost. Obviously, almost is there. He went home to Nigeria. WWE covered that. So much. That was really dope to see him with his fam. First time in 14 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that this is, once again, Triple H really putting the world in world wrestling entertainment and reaching out to every single continent and planting seeds and setting up things. You know, we saw the Super Sport deal. We knew the Super Super Sport deal. The show content was going to be more than just that. And they're already infiltrating and doing a thing. It's beautiful to see, like, to see Booker T and, like, put that back up if you can, TK. Like, just... And, and and these wrestlers who are like popping in the scene. Everybody in this mm-hmm. picture has held a championship. Everyone's been in dope programs. You yeah. got you know three heavyweight champions, a three world champions, the IC champion, a tag team champion, and Bianca Belair is on her path right now to become one of the greatest women wrestlers of all time. So this yeah. is dope mm-hmm. to see the search for Africa's next superstar. Hopefully, a lot of people enter. We can see what goes down with that. And um, they put the can. In African, because they can do it. Because they can do it. The African. Do
1: it. I
0: feel
1: Power like you, positivity. Like, now that you feel better, like you went on a date or something, something has transpired that <laughs> everything I'm is back going off the rails today. Back 100%, mm.
2: baby. Mm. Feeling good. Mm. <clears> oh, <throat> yeah. shit. Let's
1: go. All right, Professor, where can everybody find you? <laughs>
0: You can find me at Bonner Fide. Poor TK sounds out of it, and I get it. You can find me at Bonner Fide. uh, Everything there, you know, Southern Honor, Battle Slam, which we've got a date coming for that for Fight TV, so be on the lookout for that. Um, And more cool things, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonner Fide for merch. And Mr. Kane McCoy. uh, Yes, follow me at Kane
2: McCoy. Follow me at Kane McCoy. Check everything out. Real quick snippet, John Cena Sr., Tweeted about AEW being in Boston today, and he says that uh should it be a fabulous show. Looking forward to looking forward to it. See you there. So Tony Khan spoke about a big segment today. We know seven segments, they usually do eight segments. So who knows if John Cena's gonna appear on AEW television? Will Tony Khan pull something like that? Or maybe the elite show back up. So stay tuned and watch all of our reactions on AEW today. <laughs>
1: JD saying you can find Kane at your local museum Or whether rare relics are On display after hours Of course
2: (laughs) I mean I'll have to take my date somewhere Take my date somewhere
1: Wow. Well, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for watching Women's Wrestling Talk. You can follow us on all social media platforms at wwtalkpod.com Check out our website, www.talkpod. <laughs> we just had an interview that dropped with Emily J. So, check out that. Ella J. was the one who hosted that one. So, definitely check that out. We have a couple more interviews dropping in the next couple of days as well. Tonight is Wednesday, so we have AEW Dynamite, our after shows happening, um, tonight. So, Definitely check all of that out. You can follow me at everything at TK Trinidad. Thank you guys so much for joining Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Ciao, y'all. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet.